Hello, good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, or powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Finkel, uh, coming out of Chicago, joined here by my co-host and one of our favorite recurring guests and experts on the format. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan, uh, the uh, Japan hobbyist uh, of the Tokyo area of Japan. And uh, yeah, our special guest is... Oh, hello. It's Claudio. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's always nice to have you on, Claudio, especially when we're talking metagames. So, so uh, Kevin, do you want to introduce it? Do you want me to take over? Like, what do you? No, I feel like this is your topic. It's uh, your wheelhouse, and actually, it's something that's nice about uh, having you as one of our hosts of the show. Is that I come up with these crazy ideas, right? Well, and I was also going to say you've got the uh, the local knowledge of yeah. a pretty big base of players for Pioneer. Yeah, and that that's actually, I, I can finally bring some knowledge and some experience, and I can actually be useful to the podcast for once instead of just bringing the jank. Oh, come on. That's but, um, <laughs> so yeah, t- today what I thought we could talk about is uh, kind of talk about how paper magic is slowly coming back. Uh, especially here in Japan, I've been uh, posting a lot of uh, details on the events that have been happening over the last few weeks, and this is all leading up to the the one of the, probably the biggest paper pioneer events of the year, which is the God of Pioneer, which is happening on October thirtieth. And uh, what I thought we could do today is kind of talk about how is. Well, first, I'd like to go over like the deck list and stuff from these events, but also I kind of want to ask Claudio, like you know. Are these lists kind of similar to what you see on MTGO, you know, or are they different? How are they different? You know, what is different? So I kind of want to pick your brain and ask you, you know, for your opinion uh, on all this stuff. So, I mean, does that make sense? Do you guys kind of understand mm-hmm. uh, what the topic is about today? Yeah, and I think I'm pretty excited about the first half. We'll see where we go on the second half, how much of it is, uh, you know, I think we've talked about bit before about like what's the difference between paper magic and yeah. online magic and i mean maybe, maybe i don't have the best opinion because i've been away from paper magic for a while but yeah. i'm definitely interested to hear what you guys have to say yeah so so basically let's start with claudio if you don't mind uh can you give us kind of just an update on the uh, mtgo scene right now like uh you know m sorry the uh what is it the uh midnight hunt has been out for a while about a, is it about a month now? Is it middle so, of September? I think it came out. No. Hey, it's like two weeks till a new spoiler season. It's crazy, I know. So, um, how has the the meta game changed on MTGO since the new set came out? Are there any new decks or you know any new strategies? What's going on on MTGO? Can you give us a quick update? Okay, so I think the biggest impact from the new set is like uh, we know that. Oh, sorry. A Phoenix emerging as the best deck. Like, definitely, Phoenix is on the forefront of everyone's mind now. Like, if you're playing Phoenix or against Phoenix, you have to take into the that into account. Now, can you explain why? Basically, because of consider. Like, consider mm-hmm. is something that the deck was really missing, just because the deck really wanted another one mana contract. And consider, consider so, is like better than not, and having eight one mana contrips makes a lot of difference for the deck. 
So it's it's hit critical mass now. It has the perfect amounts of spells that it needs to become incredibly consistent. Yeah, I would say it does. Okay. Yeah, maybe this can be a pat ourselves in the back moment because I think that we pretty much all said consider was yeah. going to be maybe the biggest impact card of the set, and Phoenix is the one that's taking the most advantage of that. And I think that blue white controls one of the other big ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what else? Uh, can you give us uh, some more updates? So Phoenix is is king. What else has happened? Yeah, I think Minota now have received like a really big buff because of all the werewolves. The deck is just that much better now at playing a fair game. So I think that's so more uh-huh, Winota, that's there's like the, the black white deck I have been playing that is using the new Rites of Oblivion as a sacrifice cards to sacrifice enchantments but that's more of a fringe deck for now i would say i've seen meat hook massacre showing up quite a bit in sideboards and mainboards yeah i was playing the challenge today with meat hook massacre in the sideboard of incarnation that's one Mm -hmm. place that the card is showing up i think so would you say that uh, is the format balance yeah is, i you think know, i would it... say so like there's a lot of i forgot to mention like the control decks are better now because of memory delusion mm-hmm. sunset heavy and uh fateful absence so there's a lot going on that you might and i think that's it i so you guys can both kind of you know uh weigh in on this i when there is a playable control deck i feel that the uh, format is a lot more balanced. Would you guys agree or disagree? I think that's important because it gives the meta game uh, better tools to self-adjust. Because mm-hmm. when we when like, I think it still has to be beatable. I just think back to when Sultai Reclamation was probably the best deck in the format. That felt really choking. Like it's like I don't even want to play like, anything because it can get countered spelled. Like I, I started playing Dredge because I was like, okay, counter everything I have. I don't care anymore. I'll just get it from my graveyard. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of deck is kind of good against everything, and that's like a problem. So control has to fill a role in the meta game, like. Typically, it's going to beat like the mid-range and the combo decks, and it's going to mm-hmm. lose to aggro maybe. So, like, or it's going to lose to decks that uh, needs specific answers that 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 deck doesn't have. Like, for example, if fatal push becomes really important in the meta game for some reason, uh, blue white control doesn't mm-hmm. have a one mana removal spell, so that's a big hole that the deck just can't fill. Which is why they ran like isolate before and stuff like that, right? It's a really bad card, but it's the best they can. It's the best they have. So, I think things are in a pretty healthy place right now. Yeah, and I know some people are angry that Phoenix is, uh, you know, kind of at the top right now. But I mean, do you think people will push back? Will uh, the meta kind of make another adjustment before uh, Crimson Vow comes out? Yeah, you already see, for example, one of the the bad matchups for Phoenix doing well in tournaments here and there, like Burn. But mm-hmm. Phoenix has a lot of pr- trouble with the, just like Burn spells. You don't have life gain. You're not the fastest deck. And of course, the, like, the format is filled with uh, go blanks and resting pieces right now. So definitely people are mm-hmm. fighting back. 
There's some saving at doing so. I think as far as beating Phoenix, I think there's other places you can go. Like I like, you know, you, you were saying Enigmatic's coming back a little bit. I like that that gets to really run access to Rest in Peace mainboard. Mm. I think also that other more unfair decks that rely on Graveyard have sometimes been good at this meta, specifically against Phoenix, because you know Phoenix can't run really good Grave Hate because they're trying to use their own Graveyard. So if you're playing something like, you know, maybe Rally is something I've been messing with. I've seen that in Zombies. Um, or, or any of those other decks that like abuse this, the Graveyard even harder than Phoenix does, I feel like those have some potential because Phoenix can't really fight against them. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Especially something like Rakdos Paramonster, which is a bit of like it's a solid deck, anyways. And you just get to use the graveyard better, like you're fav- uh, your favorite against Phoenix, I think. Because you get to play Go Blink yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Usually, like four copies. Yeah, so get- I think that's a good, a good deck as well. Yeah, I was going to say Go Blink is another great card that's been showing up a lot more because, you know, especially if you can play it main board, like in your deck, like, you know, an Arcanist or something like that. So, anybody else? Do you guys have anything else you want to say about the kind of current state of the MTGO metagame? I mean, I think things are still pretty still open. I think we'll see some other big decks pop up. You know, I've been pushing Lotus Field. I don't mm-hmm. know if people are going to get into that again. Okay, so... Then kind of, kind of to wrap up the MTGO part of, of this uh, topic, um, if someone's going to be playing a league or a showcase, they can definitely expect to see Phoenix. They can expect to see some control, probably blue-white, uh, probably what, some burn, I'm guessing. Like, what, what other decks would you expect to see, like, in an event? Yeah, like, uh, uh, I think this stop is going to come up, and, like, the, me- the metagame of, in MTGO moves pretty fast. I played mm-hmm. a challenge this week with a deck geared to beat creatures because like last week uh, the creature decks were pretty successful and they faced a lot mm-hmm. of control this week like it was completely different so th- things move mm-hmm. pretty fast yeah, you're, you can expect yeah. to play against a bit of everything okay Okay, and maybe that's going towards the point that I know Ryan's going to try and make later that things are a little bit different online. The meta can move more quickly and react as well as you know. There's a bit of a grinder mindset, especially I think with Pioneer, a lot of people are, you know, it's harder to just kind of just play for fun. You'll play with your buddies and Mm -hmm. bring a deck that might do okay at a tournament. Generally, if you're playing on MTGO, you're kind of trying to play to win. Yeah, yeah, you want to get those tickets. All right, so yeah, that that kind of is a good segue into the next part. Then, um, you know, moving into kind of like the paper parts of of this topic. Like like you said, um, the big thing is uh, when you're online, you have like those mana trader accounts or whatever you know other uh, rental program that you have, and it's really easy to switch uh, decks, to change decks, to change cards uh, from week to week. And uh, like Claudio said, the metagame changes changes quickly because of that paper is not so true uh people uh of course maybe have trouble getting the cards the the price is definitely a problem uh like kevin like you said some people like to play uh the same deck again and again and again and then also you have people that they have less of a grinder mindset i would say that play just for fun so you might have uh, a little bit of a a jank or a rogue deck 
type mindset when you're playing paper as well. So let's take a look, if you guys don't mind. Let's take a look at some of these recent events uh, that happened in uh, Japan. So Japan has basically paper pioneer events going on every week uh, or every weekend on Saturday and Sunday all around the country until the end of the month. Like I said, it's culminating in God of Pioneer. So let's jump into one of these. Where should we start first? Uh, I don't know, Kevin, you want to pick one? Uh, I was going to go with the latest here if you wanted to. Just this looks like it's from 1017, which is the day we're recording. Okay. Um, so I don't know if this was, you know, you, you posted this one earlier. and I was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't talk about uh, the Japanese meta. It's, it's crazy over there. And that's kind of the, uh, I think, the paradigm we're going to have to bounce between is, is like are these people just playing some crazy things and having fun with it or like is there something here that we need to be looking at because like the winning list from you know this is a 21 person tournament yeah. it looks like was a teamer aggro list which is <laughs> you know not really anything we've been seeing no. uh, it, it's not playing knuckle blade so at least they get that yeah. back i guess you know mostly they're trying to run this uh decisive denial is kind of the new newish card there you know ranger class and like Imerith Desert Doom. I, I don't know if that's exactly doing, but <laughs> that's in here. It's got Ward Flying 4-4. Four, four. It's a dragon, and when it deals five, five, damage uh, to a player, you draw a card, and then if you have four than three cards in your hand, you draw cards equals to the difference. So, so it's just card, the, card draw, The Ojutai wannabe, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the Ojutai. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the Ojutai. Yeah. I yeah, have seen decks like this before, but usually playing with Collected Company... And stubborn denial instead of decisive denial. Definitely yeah, interesting. Yeah, a couple weird things. You know, no, no collected company, but there's also no like. You know, they're running three different um, adventure creatures, but they're not running any of the adventure payoffs. That's a little surprising. Yeah, like I don't know what to make of this one. So I mean, just to kind of uh, comment on what you said about, you know, people are going to say, are these small Japanese tournaments or are are they actually legitimate tournaments you know what I mean like I, I'm not going down to like these tournaments or sorry I'm not reporting on these tournaments that are like five people or seven people or ten people 21 the 20, this this event was 21 people I think it's borderline I think it's 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 just good enough it gives us a top eight and gets gives us a look at you know, like what the metagame, paper metagame could look like. And I think this deck did well, maybe if only just because of... The, I mean, they're all good cards. I mean, Bonecrusher Giant, Brazen Borrower... <laughs> uh, yeah, you could see why it's got a little bit of everything. Games. Like, it's playing, it's yeah. playing good cards. Yeah. It can change gears very quickly. If you need tempo, you got tempo. If you need removal, you got removal. You know it. But, like, I must say that I would not like totally dismiss events of the size but i would not take them that seriously either no. i would no. start looking at yeah. like 50 or more people to yeah. like to start yeah. all this yeah. but it's always good to look at this deck as this like small tournaments because you never know that mm -hmm. there might be a hidden genius playing at fnm somewhere and they might give you, you a go. good idea you yeah. yeah hey I, I will credit and say that, you know, what was a small um, deck that showed up at a Japanese tournament in paper before it was on MTGO or anything Aurus like that? Aurus, probably, uh, right? Was, uh, was what? Black, white, was what? Black White Aurus, probably? Uh, no, it was the um, uh, Inverter, Inverter, Inverter combo. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that showed up at a... 
Yeah, that showed up in a, a, a Japanese paper tournament before it had shown up online anywhere. Say, so that, that's where I really first saw it. Possibility Storm as well, right? Uh, that one I think I had seen in more than just Japan, okay. but that possibly. Yeah, like never do miss things, but I think it's, it's fun. <laughs> I will credit the rest of this top eight. You know, it looks like two Phoenix lists, mm-hmm. a Spirits, a Burn, and three control lists. Yeah. You want to talk about various forms? Yeah. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Do you want to talk about the uh, control list real quick? There's a Grixis Pioneer, a Blue Red Pioneer. Sorry, sorry. There's a Grixis Control, a Blue Red Control, and a Blue Black Control deck. I don't know how this Blue Red Control deck won anything, but it gets its top eight. I see a copy of Cannon of God of Storms. Shark Typhoon. It's a throwback. I feel like that's a card that Japan loves. Is like I'm seeing some divide by zeros here, so I was already expecting this to be like the standard deck with Aurun's Epiphany, but I don't see Epiphany anywhere. What do they got for learning cards? What's the learning card? Environmental Sciences? Yeah, they can grab that or they can just Mascots, get the filter. Exhibition as well. I don't know, maybe that's their win condition. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but Japan, I was going to say Japan really likes the, uh, what is it, the permission decks? You know, draw permission or whatever you call them. Counter permission, is that what they're called? Yeah, Drago. Dragos, yeah, they love their Dragos. They're going to grind you out and they're going to grind you down. Um, But yeah, you want to take a quick look at that uh, blue-black control and talk about that? It's kind of interesting. Um, oh, so yeah, this is the one you were saying is also kind of silly. So this is a Lutri deck. Uh, Lutri, the spell chaser, is a companion that each of your non-land cards can only be one of in the main deck. Yeah. So so this is <laughs> yeah, this is kind of funny. Um, I, I don't know if you're you're talking up your case. I feel like it's a back and forth here of whether or not we're like, oh yeah, they're geniuses, and they're like, oh no, somebody got top eight with Lutri in their sideboard. So I don't know how I feel about that. I, I guess what I can see there is that it's like you know we've got so many cards that are at a similar power mm-hmm. level so it's like you know sinister sabotage void shatter saw it coming neutralize um those are all three mana counter spells that you could take or remove any of them and they're all slightly better in different situations i could say the same thing about black two mana removal you know eliminate heartless act um whatever the new one is power word kill uh the latest one that's you lose two life eliminate is that is that eliminate well, what is that uh inferno grass yeah it looks like but yeah, it looks like uh, Baleful Mastery they've gotten here as well. So those are all kind of filling the same role. So it's not like you're only playing one of your cards there, but you're definitely, you know, you're not playing for Fatal Push. You're not playing yeah. for Shark Typhoon. You're, you know, you're not playing enough copies of your best cards. I don't see how Lutri for six mana is going to... Like I, I have played Lutri decks is... myself online, and when you see things like this, you just know that the person wanted to have fun. They, they are blessed yes. to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say this this is, has potential. This has. I've heard it's it's gone five zero in a couple of leagues. So if you want to have fun, but also play a, a decent control deck, you could probably play this. And I think they went top eight and most fun. There we go. If you can top eight with a fun deck, <laughs> that's a, an amazing feeling. Yeah, like you were saying, like oh. Uh, well, I'm, most of your cards are vi- virtually the same, 
So you're like the deck is not as bad as you might think. You just I leave it. Also, I that. also want. Yeah, I also wanted to point out real quick the spirits deck. It seems like there's like not an overall. Uh, how can I say uh, consensus on like what the best uh, spirit deck is right now? Uh, I've seen some people running uh, collected company, some people just running the straight blue white. And I've even seen some people running just straight blue, kind of like more of a budget version with uh, the snow-covered islands and stuff and the Ascendant Spirits at one mana and stuff like that. So the, this one actually, uh, at this 21-person event, was more of like the that mono-blue tempo deck that we had back in Standard, uh, you know, playing like Curious Obsession and Spell Pierce and, and Lofty Denial and stuff like that. It's more like a tempo aggro deck of sorts nothing is over two mana it's just kind of crazy yeah i'm, I'm not a believer in the mono blue spirits deck it like it it takes a very specific meta game for it to be good like a bunch of mm -hmm. clunky and slow decks so you can just really go ham on the on the the devil plan but i don't always right, we guys move on to one well, when, where this person played the their deck, that might be the case because it's mm -hmm. a lot of local matter, right? Yeah, this is Nagoya. Nagoya is like two million people. Um, you know, this event. Uh, you know, the, I would say that uh, they have a, a good amount of players, uh, a lot of legacy and modern players are, and I think the Pioneer f format is still kind of growing in, in Nagoya. So this is kind of like right in between competitive and uh kind of uh, local i think in in nagoya just because it's kind of hard to get to bigger events from there but you guys want to move into another uh another uh set of top eights sure yeah yeah go ahead with the next let's one. do the 23 person one this was from october 9th uh this one's in uh hallelujah kichijoji so uh can you guys you guys see the link yeah, so we have Izzet as the champion. And then the finalist was also, uh, sorry, Phoenix. So Phoenix was a champion as well as the finalist. Uh, we had Insole Agro uh, in the top four. We had Blue White Control, Mono Red. And this Mono Red, I think. Mono Red, what's the difference between Mono Red and Burn? I think, they, like, I think this is the, the version playing Chandra's. Let me see. Oh, okay. They're not. Like no, they're not playing Chandra. Or... They're playing uh, Bone Crusher Giants. Yeah. And they're playing Gigantos. So the companion. That's okay. Yeah. Seems more. I guess it is kind of more of like a traditional mono red aggro deck. Um, so and then we also have they're playing. Arcanist. They're playing Far Risk Factor. That's pretty weird. What is it? The hmm. Risk Factor. Risk factor. Yeah, that is a good card that I'm surprised has seen pretty much zero play in Pioneer, but I, I do know that it's hard to find a home for it. Trying to deal as much damage as possible and say, okay, I'm going to draw these cards. I mean, that's the one thing that mono red cards, or sorry, mono red decks always run into is they, they just run out of gas. But that's kind of weird, and right? The flashback. If you wanted to play something that's going to speed up your clock. Mm -hmm. I think the Boros version would be better. So you might, you could like run Risk Factor in the yeah. Boros version instead. Yeah. 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 
it's a interesting one. And again, personal preference, I think, comes into this. You know, like if you want to play burn or if you want to play, you know, this, and also like you know maybe they don't have the money for the the mana base. You know, to get the sacred foundries and all the other uh, blue, sorry, uh, white, red, uh, white, red. Are the challenger decks out yet? They should be out now. Yeah, like, I would say that this is. I don't know if they were for this tournament. Oh, yeah, awesome. this tournament. This is ten nine. This is the week mm, before. So, okay. I was gonna say that this looks so, pretty similar. So yeah, any, yeah. So the rest of this, we have uh, Rakdos Arcanists in the top eight. Uh, another one red, and another is it Phoenix. So this seems kind of like more of a traditional top eight. I think. What do you guys yeah, think? Everything, everything that feels pretty expect, Like pretty, pretty interesting. Like I'm seeing that. Almost all the decks have some weird or s- singular choice for them. Like, for example, if you see the Soul deck, uh, it's the blue-red version. It's not It's not the blue-white mm-hmm. version that you tend to see these days with uh, Sharp yeah, I've seen it showing up a little bit more. Yeah, this is interesting version here. I think I was pointing this out. This is playing like Silver Raven, which is a 1-1 artifact that uh, you can, it lets you scry when it comes into play. It's a one-one flyer, but it's something that you can put uh, in soul on, or you know, you can use black staff on. Yeah, like I tried this. I played a lot of in soul when Dindis, the Dindis set came out because, like, I instantly saw that black staff was a really awesome card for the deck, and I I was trying the Silver Raven over the Hope of Girapur because it just has an extra mm-hmm. ability, right? Like, Scry one's pretty good, but mm-hmm. I was encountering problems with it being a blue creature for the sword the ghostfire blade because mm. it costs less if you're trying to equip a, a mm, color, colorless creature mm-hmm. uh, yeah but like I tried the card it was it was cool uh, yeah so I don't know do you guys want to check out the any of these decks here we got white Blue control seems kind of stock. You know, phoenixes seem pretty stock. I wonder if there's a Jeskai Phoenix in here. I mean, these look pretty stock to me. I don't see anything to really talk about from this list. And now Kichijoji is Western Tokyo. So you're probably going to have a lot of people uh, in the Tokyo area uh, kind of playing the more how can I say uh, competitive decks, I think, just because there's more people to play against, more events. Etc. Oh, so, okay. You you think so, you you think the the is it yeah. Phoenix list is stock, but I opened them to check and <laughs> they're playing some spicy cards here, as you would expect. For example, for example, Goblin Dark Dwellers and Shadow Spear in one of them. Oh yeah, it's so one, weird. Talking about that. Yeah, I don't know why why they're playing that. To be honest. I don't know. What would you bring that in against? Can can you guys want to theory craft a little bit or? All right. Let me let me look one more time at what they would bring it in against. I mean, I guess <laughs> that's like you you deck. could try to sh- you could try to shadow spear <laughs> a thing in the ice against burn. Maybe that's the plan. Or or one of the um. Yeah, they, they have the Drake. Drake. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, I guess be okay. that is the big difference. Is some people have Drake, some people don't. Uh, some people have brazen borrowers, some don't. The sideboards all look pretty different as well. Like some people are going for the anti phoenix tech, you know, with Narset. Uh, is there anything that uh, the activated ability from Shadow Sphere is affecting? It's like the technology about... to beat Soulflare, of course. 
Yeah, Soul Flare. It, <laughs> it's like it's like, not. It, it allows you like, to kill. Uh, it allows you to kill Dark Steel Citadel as well with yeah. Soul. Yeah. <laughs> so I like uh, this idea. Someone's playing Invasive Surgery in the eighth place. Is it Phoenix? Deck? Oh, that's a bit. That's so, a bit stock. Is it? Hmm. I haven't seen too many of those. Are they usually in the yeah, sideboard? Yeah, it's usually in the sideboard. It's a one mana counter see, to get cool blank. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I, I am kind of interested by the Shadow Spirit. Yeah, really not, nasty no, I, sometimes. You said you're interested in, in which the, one? In the Shadow Spirit in the sideboard. Like, this could be pretty good against Pura. Uh, like, one of your toughest matchups. Uh, okay, I see now. If I'm not mistaken, uh, so is pretty bad as well. So, maybe this, this person knows what's up. That was the top person, the, right? The... Uh, yeah, it could be something worth trying out then. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys want to move on to the next uh, event? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so let's do the 24-person event. This one was from last week. This was in Omiya. And Omiya is in Saitama, which is kind of uh, north of Tokyo. So a lot of people, basically, when you're talking about Tokyo, you're talking about the entire metropolitan area and all these people from, you know, where I live in Yokohama or Saitama or Chiba, all these people are coming into Tokyo to work and, you know, and also to play magic and stuff like that. So, so Omiya is pretty big. Think of it like a, a huge bed town. There's probably a couple million people living up there as well. So this was a 24 person uh, top eight uh, in Omiya, the Psycho Championships last weekend, we have Burn at number one, Spirits at number two, is it Phoenix at three uh, and four? Uh, Winota made the top top eight as well. We had a white green aggro deck, uh, a Rakdos Arcanist deck, and then another really spicy, uh, how could I say, spicy rogue deck here is a Omnath Vedrock Apex of Thunder Mutate mm-hmm. deck. I played against this before online. So, th- you want to talk about it? So, this one might get some credit just because, you know, uh, it was something we were looking at this earlier and I pointed it out and someone mentioned that, you know, this might be a, a deck that is not at all fun to play online. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the way that this combo works here is Vedrock Apex of Thunder is the one that you can mutate for four mana and when it mutates, uh, you can cast a spell from your graveyard that costs three or less, and it doesn't even exile that spell, which is what's really nice here. Um, so what you can do is if you've got a creature in play, preferably a Sylvan Cariad because it's hexproof, you can cast Apex of Thunder on the Mutate, and then when you cast Double Major, so you hold priority Double Major, it will copy Vadrex as a Mutate. So that copy will resolve first. It will see Double Major in the graveyard, recast Double Major, targeting Vadrex, and be able to then now it's mutated twice so it caps (laughs) double major again and can cast any other spell so you either draw through your deck or you find like a lightning strike prismari command they've got some other ways to deal damage you know is a charm can discard any of those and you can just kill them on the spot with that Um, but that's really really difficult to do in online it can be very frustrating to go through the combo even though it should be obvious in paper that it's a kill well you you have to time yourself out basically it's it's not that bad if you if you like uh, if you have practice with the deck, it's definitely annoying. I agree, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not as bad. Uh, I think I can see this being worse because there's a couple ways of killing with Vadrock. Uh, double Major is one of them, and the other one is if you mutate on Goldspun Dragon. 
that way you get like mm. mana every time you target the the Vadrock with something. So you mm-hmm. you go like Pesmari command, make a treasure, shock Vadrock, so you get a treasure, and you can just keep going, doing that and. Yeah, but this this is pretty interesting. I don't think I have seen like a version like this before. Yeah, Goldspan Dragon does feel a little bit missing, but uh, I think this is all reasonable. So, do you guys think this deck has uh, more potential in the metagame going forward, at least in the paper one? Hmm. I think I I have a friend that's really like 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 this deck, and yeah, like he he really thinks it's really good, but. He doesn't pay the deck very much online because it's very click intensive. So yeah, that that's mm-hmm. that might be one of mm-hmm. them. Like a deck that's hard. Yeah, to yeah. if it ever does do well, we can call it Splinter Twin. But I do feel that you know I I feel that there are other decks right now that can kind of play the control into combo list maybe a little better. I I don't know. I, I think that there's something else you could play instead here. Mm-hmm. This is probably pretty fragile to hand hate and uh, discard spells. Mm. You know, even even things that get rid of the graveyard could interrupt the combo portion of it. Yeah. So if we see a lot of uh, Arcanist back or any other you know black blue control, maybe it wouldn't be so good. But in a format that's full of uh, you know Phoenix and you know and, and spirits and stuff like that and burn, I think maybe it could be okay. Yeah. Like, but the maybe. the thing about this deck, like especially like this list in specific, is that they are playing a bunch of just good mid range cards. So. You could argue that the combo aspect is not that important because you have one nothing common in your deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still got Omnath, which is really good. Yeah. Um I I also kinda wanted to take a quick look at the white green aggro deck. If you guys don't mind. This is this is the first time I've uh-huh. seen this is like the hate white green deck, aggro right? do. Is it? Yeah, Voice of Resurgence, Thalia, uh, Archon of Ameria, which I think is really good against hmm. uh, the uh, Phoenix decks right now. Elite Spellbinder. Um, I mean, Old Growth Troll, Troll comes back to life and you kill it. Still leave champion, so you got a big beater there as well. Yeah, I like this. I mean, I, I wonder if this... Is this the best collected company deck right now or is there a better one well i mean there's still spirits i I think what i would like on this list is you know take out old growth troll take out steel age champion take out collected company and put in winota esika's (laughs) chariot and tolivar's Uh hunter you've got a better deck you know like that seems like you know the package of acceleration creatures voice of resurgence but then i feel like this doesn't do anything unfair on top of that, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I would want to see. Like I, I can say that like this this particular list is pretty weird, but I like I have people played played this deck a lot a couple months back, without the the, the triple green three drops, with more archons mm-hmm. and like uh, redains, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the two drop that puts counters uh, beginning of each combat. Luminar Cuspirant. Yeah, and like yeah, the company is pretty powerful in this deck because it's uh, more more annoying than you might think when they go sp- put Spellbinder and Arco into play. Sometimes you just can't cast any spells. 
I mean, I've always wanted a green red, sorry, green white deck to be playable in the format. And I mean, is this? I mean, is this going to be? I think this could be tier two going forward. I mean, I think this could be a solid contender in the meta. I, I like Thalia. You know, just tapping stuff in, slowing decks down. I really like the variety of hate bear effects now in Pioneer. But what do you guys think? Is Maybe it's worth trying. You know, I think what's kind of pushing and pulling for me is that it's like, you know, there's all these great kind of hate bear parts, but then it's like, are we just trying to beat them down with green three drops? In which case, I feel like mono green Stompy. or green splashing yeah. blue for counter spells could be better. You know, like, where is the yeah, sky yeah. play that? that that's that's that something that that's really being them in the sideboard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like you're not yeah. beating Phoenix if you don't have Skyclave Apparition, I think. Because like thinking this is a big problem. Well Archon is nice. I mean if you want to you go up to three Archon in the main. Yeah, board, but, but like for example this one this is not in. playing the the aspirant, so you can't grow the the archon to a big size to dodge the burn spells from the Phoenix deck. Like everything which, which card? Uh, the Luminar Aspirant. They're not playing that in this deck. Oh, but this does have Dramoka's command, which can uh, negate a red spell and also get a counter on it. So yeah, but like you could have the aspirant as well. I think instead of like the the triple green drops stick out to me of not belonging is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are trying to do something different here, and like if everything works towards the same goal, I think you have a, a really solid deck. Mm hmm. Uh, anything else you guys want to take uh, a look at from this uh, event, or does it? Oh, uh, I think we can make a quick note. Maybe I'll pop me open. Make a quick note on the burn deck, which again I was mm -hmm. I, I was going to see because we expect things to be pretty spicy here, and they're not playing. I don't know the Great Travel, and they're playing uh, Skewer the creature, the critics, so. Hmm. Maybe trying to be less vulnerable to removal and just like play more mm -hmm. burn spells. Which, depending on like mm -hmm. how you expect the meta to be, it's reasonable. Yeah, it looks good. It's very, very uh, efficient, I think. Now they are playing only 16 creatures. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like the only big change, or, you know, only other unusual thing in any of these lists here. Okay. All right. So these were kind of the small events. Now we're moving into the two bigger events that happened recently. Uh, the first one I want to go over is the uh, one from 10-9 from October 9th. There was a 37-person event in Kyushu down south. Um, I don't know if that's near like Hiroshima and stuff like that, if you guys know where that is. So the top eight, we had Spirits uh, at number one. We had uh, Niv-Mizzet in uh, the finals, uh, in Soul Aggro, and I think this was uh, the blue-white version. Uh, Vampires made top four as well. And then we have Spirits, Niv-Mizzet, Esper Control, and Is It Phoenix rounding out the top eight. So I will say this about some of these bigger events that I've seen, like when there's more than like 20 people, sorry, when there's more than 30 people there, it does seem like the metagame is a lot more, how can I say, uh, diverse when you get more rounds hmm. into the game. 
But uh, well, I also feel like you know, it, there's no way that they're oblivious to what's going on in online pioneer. Yeah. You know, looking at some of these lists, it's just like it's so clearly, yeah. you know, things are matching up to what we're seeing online. So it's not like it's a completely independent format that people are playing in paper. And I don't think anyone should expect that for your own locals. I think that you should see, you know, you should see people that are playing very similar to what's online because most of the time that's been what's tested and is mostly the right cards. You know, yeah. meta dependent, but there, there are correct and incorrect cards. Yeah. Do you want to say anything, uh, Claudio? No, I don't. I think that's uh, that makes sense. We can just take a look at the list to see if we find something interesting here. So the winning deck was uh, Mono Blue again. Yeah. You know, this is a put. I was trying to push this idea that Mono Blue could be uh, really good, but I haven't gotten a chance to play it much. Um, I was kind of waiting for the Pioneer, um, those Pioneer Challenger lists to get out so I could try it maybe in paper. Uh, you know, this looks pretty good, but where is the three mana Lord is my big yeah. question. They only have Supreme Phantom. <laughs> That's the one reason why I would play Mono Blue right now is because they've got a, another Lord. I the three mana Lord is what you're trying to do. I think you want all your cards to be cheap in this kind of deck. That's mm-hmm. why you see the weird miscast and spell pierces. You want to like mm-hmm. be playing two or three spells as soon as, soon as you can in the game. Yeah. Now, is Face of Slaven better in this type of deck than um, Mute Vault? I think so. Is the bigger because body better? It hits pretty hard, and what what like it mm-hmm. it helps you in the the beat down and the over plan as well, because you can get like to turn four, let's say you turn five, and you use the Haven, you can attack and still hold up interaction because it has vigilance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this also does run Ascendant Spirit, so there's reasons to be running the Snow Mana. So, I wanted to take a quick look at the Vampire deck. I mean, I haven't seen a, a recent Vampire deck, to be honest. It makes a lot of sense in Mono Blue Spirits winning if they were playing in Snave in the finals. The matchup is just mm-hmm. impossible. You can never win, basically. I, unless you get super super lucky, I guess, but I, the matchup is pretty bad, so it, it makes sense the, in the results. So you said it's, so said it's bad matchup for yeah, Nerf or bad matchup for Spirits? Nerf, yeah, because yeah, it's so fast and low to the ground. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was going to take a quick look at the Vampire deck. I noticed they're playing four Calatus main now. Is that like a thing? Are they? Everyone's playing four Calatus now? Yeah, I, I, I recognize this, this from, uh, the, from the online tournaments. They are playing only one Fatal Push and three Goblank in the main. Yeah. So, in Infernal Grasp, which is nice, you know, a new card from, from the Midnight. And this, uh, I was going to say, this deck has become a lot more precise recently, I think. But it's definitely built to beat the, uh, the meta. Yeah. Uh, any... Oh, yeah, the Esper Control deck is also kind of interesting because one of the win conditions it's playing is Chromium, the Mutable. That yeah, we've seen that before. I think when Esper was being tried, um, I guess what I'm curious here. Let me look, let me look at that list a little bit because I had said early on that you know we got some new tools if people did want to try Esper. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those I was saying is the new lands, which it doesn't look like they're running. Like I think I would rather see the new lands over these glacial fortresses mm-hmm. and drowned catacombs. 
Um, I also was thinking that they've got new removal, which I'm not really seeing. They're playing Render Silent, is that correct? Yeah, is that the one that stops people from casting spells? Okay. More spells this yeah. turn? I would have thought that those would just be absorbs, so that's kind of weird. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of like new cards, which is what I thought had potential in Esper, so this kind of... Yeah, consider. Th- this surprises me. Th- th- this doesn't seem that exciting to me. It's also a 61 card list, which... Um, yeah. You know, like I'm they, certainly guilty of in the past. Covenger Grounds in their deck, which is something I would not recommend playing a colorless land in your country mm. spell deck. Yeah, yeah, with Absorb especially, and in three colors with Absorb especially, and if nothing else, I feel like there's it would be... I could see trying to get some uh, Blast Zone in there, but I don't know about Scavenger Grounds. I wanted to ask you, Claudio, how are these... Uh these uh niv mizzet decks looking okay we can take a look at those how do you like the, how do you like the, the choices you know that's the finalist one and the, uh, oh, the finalist one is playing a card that is near and dear to my heart nico ball of the ravager i played Ooh. a lot of this card in, like before it was like the default alternate uh, alternative win condition from niv but mm-hmm. I can see my I can't see like this was before Omnaf and Valky got printed, so I will not I can't see myself playing this these days. Like basically they printed the other options for this. Mm-hmm. I can see the Hour of Devastation, which is pretty interesting as well. I I used to play this card a lot. It deals with some some problematic stuff. But like most of the things that this kills, like it, this used to be used to kill Dark Seal Citadel and Ronas in the past, but now you have Shadows mm-hmm. Verdict and that un- answer those problems as well. So mm-hmm. you see some like weird past choices, like cards from the past in this list. So I wonder if some people are just kind of like looking at old lists and yeah, they haven't had a chance to really. Uh do a lot of test testing in paper mm-hmm. yeah you s- you see that and like the sideboard is pretty they're playing one more shadows verdict in the sideboard and the sideboard is pretty pretty stock cards i would say uh all right do you guys move on to the last uh set of top eights mm-hmm. i'm just taking yeah, a look sounds uh, the, yeah the sounds good okay we can do that and then we can maybe try to get towards the end here so, uh, this was the one that I attended on October 10th, uh, not last weekend, but two weekends before. The winner was a Jeskai Phoenix deck, and they, it's a private deck list. You can't actually see it online, but I was there. I saw it in person. Hmm. It was playing Faithful Mending, which is, you know, the new card that lets you, you know, draw two, discard two, and gain two life. So, I think that's, like, really good tech going forward. So, what do you guys think about... Uh, about Phoenix evolving into a Jeskai deck in the future. Yeah, I would have to see exactly which which card they're playing because it's definitely not free to to play a third color. You have to have a really good reason for it. I think I've given my reasons a couple times of what I'm liking about uh, Jeskai Phoenix, but I do think that it feels a little bit clunky right now. You know, I think that when we had our first brewing episode. Um, Ekros brought on a, a Jeskai version 
Um, so the things that I really liked about it, you know, Faithless Mending is a good card, but what I really liked more than that was the sideboard getting to run Dovin's Veto and getting mm-hmm. to run Five Mana to Fairy. Those two cards seem like the big reason to play the deck. Um, the thing that I don't like as much is that the main board is kind of trying to move away from those two mana draw cards, you know, two mana engine cards, you know, trying to run Consider Opt, Lightning Axe instead. Um, so in that case, Faithless Mending hurts a little bit. Where I think that it might, and I think the one time where I might eventually play it is that if control really becomes big, and we are seeing a little bit of blue-white control, a little bit of blue-black uh, control, you know, maybe those are in the top three to ten decks in the format. If those get big, I could see, um, I find it awkward with the blue-red version not having anything to discard, because you're not running Lightning Axe, you're running fewer, like, Charter Course usually. Um, so maybe in that case, Faithless Mending, as well as the Teferi, the Dovin's Veto, mm. those could have some play but but right now i think i'm iffy on it i would have to see somebody having some success other than just this top top finish. but but i want to hear claudio's yeah. thoughts on that because i don't know if he saw across list or has oh heard i just heard you talking about this i didn't see like the list but like it sticks out to me that you want to splash at the fed in the sideboard because that's not really what the deck is trying to do like especially these days when people are playing a lot of pieces of the puzzle Usually, like, if you don't care that much about your graveyard if you're playing against a controlish deck post-board, because you just want to go through you know, your entire deck, play Jason, win. That's very doable. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, like, Dovin's Vito, I, can, I could say Dovin's Vito being pretty good. Like, maybe Sunset Herbury to help you against the burn deck. But then again, you're playing a third color, so your mana base has to be more painful, right? So, you're just compensating mm. at that point, maybe. Yeah, we're still missing the uh, Fastlands. That's what we really need, I think. Fastlands, and also uh, we don't have uh, well, we don't have Painlands either. But Painlands would just be more painful, right? No, you. I think you, the Jeskai Colors has all the Painlands, right? You have yeah, Battlefield. The mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got the Painlands. They've got the just like they've got a lot of good lands. So I'm not sure if that's what the problem is. Yeah, you have all the Fastlands in Jeskai Colors, I think. Uh, should I go through the rest of the top eight? So yeah, so this is 39-person event. 39-person event. This is a pretty good, uh, I think, top eight here. We had Phoenix at top, which actually they shared the the winner thing together with Lotus Combo. I think they, I don't think they ID'd, but they kind of just decided to stop playing and split both share the championship. Split. Yeah, split. Uh, and then uh, Ascendancy Combo uh, with Omnath, I believe, made the top four. Mm-hmm. This is so and... Yeah, do you want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, like, uh, they are playing... Like, what do you like I about it? I think this one is the, the one playing Fatal Fishes, right? Wait. Am I wrong about this? I think... I don't see oh, I think... I, no, sorry. I think I am uh, misremembering. I think the, the, the Fatal Fishes one was from another tournament you posted. Yeah, but, uh, never mm-hmm. mind me. This is a pretty subject. Okay. So... Uh, next deck, then, we have Rakdos Arcanist making the top four. Another Insult Aggro deck. This one, I believe, is also the white-blue white, white blue version. Uh, Winota made top eight. Spirits again. I think this is more the traditional blue-white. Yeah, it looks like more of the traditional blue-white with, like, flyers and stuff in there. Um, and I think that's it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. 
that's all from that event. So um, we, we took a look at a lot of these paper, you know, uh, results and stuff like that. Is there anything that was really surprising to you guys? Or does this feel like pretty similar to like MTGO and, you know, just uh, Pioneer as a whole? Yeah, it feels pretty similar to me. Like you'll see some odd choices here and there, but it feels yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, that's that. I'd agree with that. I didn't feel like it was too out there. So, do you, would you guys say then, you know, if you're looking at both like, you know, these paper and online metas, uh, you know, if they're kind of similar, where do you think the, the meta will go next then? Uh, that's kind like, where... of hard to say because there's a new set coming out in the next month. Well, I guess maybe what I'm trying to ask is, do you think that, you know, we'll continue to see the uh, paper... Uh, you know, as paper picks up and more and more events happen, will people go more towards the the MTGO results and just, you know, take those decks? Or do you think that we'll see more, how can I say, uh, innovation, you know, and kind of some of these decks, you know, like the Vadrock deck, uh, kind of uh, going away from, you know, the online version? Or well, there, you know, there's innovation online, too. I do think I'm excited to see what ends up at the end of this month with the big Japan yeah. Pioneer Tournament. But I'm also going to be following the, the big tournaments online every week, uh, too, because I think that we're seeing, you know, like Claudio was saying, week to week, we're seeing a big movement there. And that that's innovation in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Pioneer okay. has, like, historically, it has, like, a big wheel of decks that are on top. And they get knocked down every week, basically, from like so other decks race to the top. And while like the the paper tournaments are going to come back slowly, when they get like big enough, I would say that you can start them same. You can start seeing them influence online. But right mm -hmm. now, I think online mm -hmm. influences paper more. But you could you could see mm -hmm. it, uh, it starting uh, to happen both ways when paper comes back. Yeah, that that cyclical point is really true. Like, when's the last time Jun Citadel shows up? That that seems to show up and blow the, the tournaments up for two weeks uh -huh. and then disappear when uh when Yasharn comes back <laughs> and starts ruining everybody's fun. There you go. There you go. Um. All right. That that you know, we've talked about fifty five minutes yeah. here. I think we're probably gonna move to the end of the show. Yeah. Um. This this is fun. I like that we could just talk sometimes about the meta, about some things that are going on. I'm really glad that you brought the local pioneer tournaments to us, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about them. As the God of Pioneer runs in Haruya at the end of the month, I believe. Can Can I ask you? So, if you guys are, oh, yeah, I was going to ask if, I, if you don't mind me asking one last question. If you guys are playing in a paper Pioneer tournament, what are you playing? What would you take? Mm, I think I would take Niv Before because we it's just so much fun to play personally to me. Okay, see so what the fun does. I'd take Lotus Field right now. Why, why is that? That's where I've been playing. Uh, you know, I think that it's in a really strong place. I've been liking the Galvanic Iteration. I think that card is insane in uh, Lotus Field, and that should start to show up soon, hopefully. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to try to play a fun deck as well. Uh, probably one of my own brews, like uh, the Red White Dwarves deck. I went 4-2 and two and finished in 12th place at that 39-person event, so okay. I think it's got... Nice. I lost my first two, but then one everything else after. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping to have some fun. That I think that's what I'm looking to do going forward. Playing in paper, I'm going to play fun, and I hope that more people listening to this podcast as well will have fun 
as well, you know, when they can start playing in paper again. So enjoy the format and explore it. If you are listening and you want to hear more about uh, the decks we're playing or about the format, about the tournaments coming up, anything in general about Pioneer, the best place to follow is at MTG Pioneer. That is our Twitter handle and also has links to all of our new episodes and to our Discord where you can converse with us even more. And you guys can find me on Twitter as well at Yoshwenky, Y-O-S-C-H-W-E-N-K-Y. Uh, now that there's more events happening in Japan, hopefully I will be posting those on my Twitter account as well as in our Discord. So if you want to get a jump on the list or just want to ask about the meta or whatever, you know, uh, give me a follow, uh, you know, jump into the Discord and let's talk about Pioneer. And uh, Claudio, how about you? Do you have anything you want to uh, promote or yeah, talk about? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ClaudioMTG and I'm, I usually tweet about like tournament results, but I'm playing the week. And um, you can also find me at Twitch at ClaudioMDG as well. And I started streaming again recently. So, yeah. And it's Claudio with an H. Yeah, Claudio H and HMTG. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, Kevin. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. The First Pioneers are flipping out.